Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. Yo, what is going on, everybody? Welcome into another edition of Underground Sports Philadelphia and Eagles postgame edition, episode number 277. KB rocking with you in Underground Studios to recap this Eagles-Giants game. A little bit behind, been busy, a lot of stuff going down. But uh, as always, show brought to you by our incredible local sponsors, Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Auto Mall, Mark Ronchetti CPA LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. And of course, our kick ass friends over at Tomahawk Shades, tomahawkshades.com. Promo code USP saves you 25% off your entire. Gosh darn order. Yes, 25% off your order at TomahawkShades.com. Promo code USP and USP. Underground Sports Philadelphia, USP. And all orders $75 and over right now. Qualify for free shipping. And of course, support for Underground Sports Philadelphia is brought to you by our amazing friends at Manscaped who are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Guys, Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. And that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Manscaped? Engin- the, the Manscaped team, they engineered for 18 months. This engineering team, 18 months they spent perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to advanced skin safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. Guys, when I'm telling you that this is premium, I mean premium. The battery is going to last you up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer, better shave. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower. And one of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Guys, Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. If you guys are listening to the pod right now, I want you to experience all of this magic that Manscaped has to offer firsthand for yourself. Trim that junk of yours. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code USP at manscaped.com. Your balls. We'll thank you. That's right. Get 20% off 
and free shipping with the code USP at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code USP. Shout out Manscaped. So let's take a dive into this Eagles game. They take down the New York football giants 22 to 21 in gut-wrenching, nerve-wracking, nail-biting fashion. So the birds improved to 2-4 and 1 on the season. Giants fall to 1 and 6. It was 7-7 after the first quarter. Shout out Carson Wentz, 1-yard touchdown run on an 11-play 75-yard drive. Took about 6 and a quarter. Six minutes and 15 seconds for that drive. But then the Giants came back and answered. One play, 39 yards, with seven seconds left on the clock. Or sorry, seven-second drive. One play, 39 yards. Duh. Golden Tate, somebody we can't stand in this city. 39-yard touchdown pass from Daniel Jones. So that's where the tie comes in. Jake Elliott. Nailed a field goal, finally made one, kicked off the dust, put some WD-40 on the leg, and on a 13-play, 57-yard drive, caps it off with a field goal. Should have been a drive where we scored a touchdown, but hey, points. Giants took a lead in the fourth quarter on a Wayne Gallman one-yard touchdown run, and I will get into Wayne Gallman later on in the show because we could not stop him like he was, you know, the Hulk The Giants went on a four-play, 88-yard drive there in the third quarter, and at that point, I was like, we're going to fucking lose this game. Unbelievable. We're going to lose to the 1-5 New York Giants. Uh, And it got worse because the Giants scored on a two-yard touchdown pass to Sterling Shepard in his first game back from uh, IR on a 15-play, 97-yard drive. They started that drive from the three-yard line, and the Eagles' defense let them score. At that point, it was 21-10, and I was shitting bricks. I was like, there's no way they're coming back to win this game. There's no way in hell this team is going to win this game. With how injured they are, Lane Johnson got hurt in this one. Excuse me. Lane Johnson got even more hurt in this one, which I'll also get into. Uh, I was like, they can't. There's no way. Deshaun Jackson got hurt on a punt return, which... So frustrated with that as well. But then uh, Greg Ward, three-yard touchdown catch from Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz runs for the two-point conversion. It's 21-16. to And then the Eagles get the ball back. They go 71 yards on six plays. And Boston Scott, the giant killer, catches an 18-yard pass from Carson Wentz. They fail the two-point conversion to make it a 24-21 game. But... The Eagles come out on top, 22-21, to improve to 2-4-1 and one on the season. Uh, biggest takeaways, my big three takeaways in this game. Wayne Gallman running like he was fucking Saquon Barkley was absurd in this game. Uh, the Eagles' defense had no answer for him, and they rode the hot hand the Giants did. When Devontae Freeman wasn't working, they said, hey, we'll go to Wayne Gallman, who's torching this team torching this Jim Schwartz defense left and right, so that's no problem for us. We can just go to a guy that we can rely on. Uh, So Wayne Gallman, that was an issue for me because if you can't stop Wayne Gallman, who's to say you're going to stop any of these bigger-name running backs that you have 
in the second half of the season, uh, starting in your next game against the Dallas Cowboys with a struggling Ezekiel Elliott, who's probably looking at this game against the Eagles coming up next as a get-right game. Then you also play against Aaron Jones, who's arguably the best running back in the league this season. You play Chris Carson. You play the combination of Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds plus Kyler Murray. You play against Alvin Kamara, Antonio Gibson. You're going to see Wayne Gallman again. You're going to see Zeke again. This team needs to figure out how to stop the run. Because if you can't stop Wayne Gallman from picking up big chunk yards like he did this entire game, that's an issue. Lane Johnson. Let's get into Lane Johnson because I could I could write a whole book on Lane Johnson not uh, playing in this game and why he should not have been playing in this game. Lane Johnson has been dealing with a high ankle injury, high ankle sprain, whatever you want to call it. It's something he's dealt with in the past and is something that he's going to have to essentially play through this entire season if he wants to continue playing, which I get, you know. Kudos to Lane for being a, a fucking badass monster of a human for playing through this injury. Um, but when it's an injury that the only way he's going to get better throughout the season is with rest and resting that ankle, why are you going to force yourself to play in a short week where you don't have as much time to get ready, prep yourself, and, and really feel comfortable when you have a bigger game against the Cowboys the following week. Because going into this game, you don't know what the Cowboys' record is going to be. And then, even with the Cowboys game, you, you can easily argue to keep laying out through the bye week. Knowing the extent of this injury, knowing the severity of this injury, and knowing that with rest... He's going to be closer to 100% than he is by playing and forcing himself to play. And so I was very disappointed with the coaching staff's decision to allow Lane to play in this. I would have been a quote-unquote healthy scratch for Lane Johnson if I was on this staff. I would not have let Lane play in this game. I understand the Eagles are better when Lane Johnson's on the field. I get it. I understand Carson Wentz plays better when Lane Johnson's on the field. I get it, but it's the New York Giants, and Lane Johnson left on that first drive with an MCL injury, not even the ankle. So my opinion, Lane was overcompensating the ankle injury, which led to him injuring his MCL. Now he's dealing with a knee injury on top of the ankle injury. I highly doubt he's going to play in the Cowboys game now. So you played Lane in a game that you could have had him rest for 10 days, 10 more days because he missed the week prior against the Ravens. I just, I didn't understand the decision-making into letting Lane Johnson play in this game against the Giants because now he's even more injured than he was before. You're probably not going to have him for the Cowboys game, which now leaves your offensive line even more decimated, less depth, and you're going to have to switch some pieces around again for Carson Wentz. This is the thing. We've said it time and time again on this podcast since the beginning of this of this operation, of this company. Carson Wentz has not had consistency his entire career across 
the board. Look at the offenses Carson Wentz has played with from 2016 to now, guys. And tell me where there's consistency outside of Jason Kelsey. Jason Peters has been hurt. Isaac Samalu's been hurt. Lane Johnson's been hurt. Brandon Brooks has been hurt. Jason Kelsey has stayed in there and been consistent. He's one of two healthy starters on this team right now from opening day. Carson's had different wide receivers every single year. Zach Ertz has been in and out of the lineup the past couple of seasons with injuries and just not playing well this season. Dallas Goddard's been injured. He's had different running backs from Darren Sproles to Jay Ajayi to Corey Clement to LeGarrette Blunt to Jordan Howard to now Miles Sanders and Miles has been out with injury. Uh, to Boston Scott, to Adrian Killens, to Elijah Holyfield, to Ryan Matthews, his rookie year, throwback. You know, Carson Wentz has dealt with so much turnover. It's It's been like a New York City subway turnstile with the amount of turnover Carson Wentz has dealt with in his career. He's had nobody consistent around him in his five years in an Eagles uniform. You want to talk about Carson being, you know, struggling, not playing up to par, like some people say. Carson played a fucking amazing game in this one. Homie went out there, did the damn thing, went 25 of 43 for 359 yards, two passing touchdowns, had a rushing touchdown, threw one interception, got sacked three times. But, I mean, who wouldn't get sacked behind this offensive line right now? And he ran the ball seven times for 14 yards. Made things happen with his legs. Extended plays. Hell of a game from Carson. His QBR is not going to show it, but Carson Wentz played one hell of a game. Sure, there were rocky spots in between the first and fourth quarter, but when it mattered most, Carson Wentz stepped up to the plate and led this team to victory. Boston Scott, not great running the ball. 12 carries for 46 yards. Longest run was 12 yards. He was your leading rusher. And then your leading receiver, Richard Rodgers. Six catches for 85 yards. And then Travis Fulgham doing the damn thing again. Five catches for 73 yards. Had the big 40-yard catch when it mattered most. John Hightower with a big 59-yard catch as well in this game. Boston Scott did his thing in the receiving end of things as a running back. Three catches on five targets for 46 yards and the touchdown which was his longest reception of the game. It's when it mattered most. Greg Ward, five catches for 42 yards and a touchdown. Deshaun Jackson, three catches for 34 yards. And Deshaun is now hurt again because Deshaun was back going to return a punt for whatever reason. That is a whole different situation. But Deshaun gets hurt on a punt against the New York Giants. It's an ankle injury. He's going to be out six to eight weeks. And this could be the end of Deshaun Jackson again in an Eagles uniform 2.0. Is he going to come back in December? He could. Do I expect it? Absolutely not. Deshaun's older, guys. He's not, you know, young spry 2010 Deshaun Jackson anymore. This is not Miracle at the Meadowlands Deshaun Jackson on this Eagles team. That's just, it's, it's a fact. Sean's older. 
He's going to be more injury prone than he was in the past. And his contract, you're more than likely going to want to get out of it after this. He's going to be 34 in December. And it's just another injury. You know, he can't he can't stay on the field. And the best ability in football is availability. And when you have guys like Jalen Rager coming back from injury very soon, you've got Travis Fulgham, who's a, a diamond in the rough find, Greg Ward. I'd much rather see those three guys on the field than these older wide receivers that aren't going to be here long term. Continue to grow and develop with Carson Wentz. That's what this offense needs to be about. Continuing to develop with the guys that are going to be here for the next five to seven years with Carson Wentz. Deshaun Jackson's not going to be here that long. Alshon Jeffrey's not going to be here that long. Hell, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside's not going to be here that long. <laughs> Let's be honest with ourselves. When, when all things are said and done on the field, I want to see Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard, Travis Fulgham, Greg Ward, Jalen Rager, Miles Sanders. Those should be your skill position players on the field at all times. That gives Carson Wentz the most comfortability and chance to make plays, deliver, and feel some sense of normalcy that, like, hey, I can trust having all of these guys out here for me. This is what an offense should be functioning like. You know, sprinkle in some John Hightower, some Quez Watkins in four and five wide receiver sets. That's what you drafted those guys for. Sprinkle in Boston Scott. I would really like to see the Eagles trade for Jordan Howard at the trade deadline. That's not really a a big buy. It's going to cost you maybe a seventh round conditional pick bring a guy back who in this COVID-19 world we're living in right now would have to clear protocols obviously but it's a guy who's been in this offense so it's not going to take him as long as a newer player to get up to speed that it will for Jordan Howard who was here just last year and knows this offense better than another running back would and it would take them longer to get up to speed and sort of be like a Golden Tate situation from 2018. Jordan Howard's been a healthy scratch the last three weeks for the Dolphins. It makes too much sense to not bring him back. For the rest of this season, he'd be under contract for next season too. It makes a ton of sense, and I think he's only at four, like $4.5 million, $4.25 million, something like that for next year. Nothing crazy. You know, it's not like you're paying them nine, ten, eleven million dollars. Plus, it seemed like last year Boston Scott, Miles Sanders, and Jordan Howard all had a very good relationship with each other. Corey Clements really given you nothing this year. So I mean, why not upgrade at a position where you truly need that complimentary back to Miles Sanders? And if Miles Sanders gets hurt again, you can rely on Jordan Howard to be a weekly starter and, and be a, a bell cow type back. Where, in my opinion, you can't do that with Boston Scott. Boston Scott's a, not gadget player, but he's a he's a change of pace, go out and catch the ball type of running back where Jordan Howard can run between the tackles. He can run outside. He, he's, a, he's a pure runner. And that's what this Eagles team's lacking on offense right now, in my opinion. So, got to go out and get that. 
Uh, Jalen Hurts did absolutely nothing in this game. No surprise. Two carries for two yards. Kind of pointless. Kind of killed. Installed some drives, in my opinion. More than helped out. Um, Hakeem Butler. <laughs> Shout out Mikey Ostrowski. Frequent uh, contributor and appear makes appearances here on the network. Especially with fantasy football. He's a big Hakeem Butler guy. Uh, kept tweeting and texting me that Hakeem Butler was going to score a touchdown in this game. Almost did. Almost had to eat crow. But uh, fourth down, when it mattered most, one of the most high-pressured situations in this game, one of the most important situations in this game, uh, they go with a jump ball play to Hakeem Butler, who is like six foot twenty-seven, and uh, <laughs> can't get the ball in his hands, can't jump up, can't even make a football move on five foot eleven Logan Ryan. Like, what are we doing, pal? It's not that difficult. A lot of people could have gone out and made that play and you just stood there didn't even make a move that play made no sense to me whatsoever it was absolutely bonkers that Doug called that play on fourth and goal um but yeah that that might have sealed the deal for Hakeem Butler getting any touches uh in the future on this team for the time being especially with Dallas Goddard on the men and potentially coming back uh, following the bye week or if things go well, potentially for the Cowboys game. But big divisional win for the Eagles here. They're now 2-4-1, sit atop the division, latest in a season that a division winner only has two wins. <laughs> a division leader, I'm sorry, has two wins. That tie is really coming into play. Um, and, I mean, Carson Wentz does it again. The, the Carson Wentz haters and doubters can go away. Like, go back into your caves, go back into the sewer pipes, go away, because Carson's balling right now. Needed to knock some rust off. You know, I, I think that's all it was early in the season. Needed to knock some rust off. There wasn't a lot of consistency around him. And he he's balling right now the past, I'd say, four weeks since the 49ers game. That's when things started to to click again. The 49ers game played well against the Steelers, played well against the Ravens, and then comes up with a game-winning drive here against the uh, the New York Giants. Granted, the defense phew, defense was rough in this one. Uh, we were one Evan Ingram drop pass away from losing this game, and I said on Eagles enemies with our boy Bobby Skinner from John Boy Media's Talking Giants. I said if the if the Giants want to win, they got to get the ball to Evan Ingram. Uh, and he only had six catches for 46 yards, had the big drop. So that was nice. Uh, and it's so fitting that Golden Tate scored a touchdown in this game. That scumbag. One of my most like despised Eagles of all time, Golden Tate. He was an absolute waste of a trade. Uh, then he goes and signs with the Giants. He's, he's just a loser. Absolute loser. And I liked Golden Tate before. He was an eagle. When he was an eagle, I started to not like him, and I'm just totally out on Golden Tate. He's such a, a losing-type player. He's a player that plays for losing teams. So I'm bad Seahawks team, bad Lions teams, pretty, you know, not great Eagles team. Got into the playoffs, but not a great Eagles team. Uh, overall, you know, an injured Eagles team. 
Now he plays for the terrible New York Giants, so it's whatever. But, you know, there's a lot to take away from this game, too. Nate Gary had a sack. Shocker. I was My jaw was on the ground. I think the biggest takeaway I've had over the past couple of weeks is, one, Brandon Graham's being completely underrated in this defense. He's on pace to have a record year in sacks, balling out tackles-wise. Put some respect on BG's name. BG, Nate Gary, and Derek Barnett had sacks in this game. Uh, other takeaway on defense, Alex Singleton is an absolute monster. Shout out John Barchard. Um, five tackles in this game. Five solo tackles, six total. Absolute beast. He's our best linebacker right now. Hands down, Alex Singleton's our best linebacker. There's no doubt about that. Um, continue to play him, and when TJ Edwards comes back, play both of them. Those should be your two linebackers. I don't want to – as good of a game as Nate Gary had tackling-wise, got the sack. I'm so sick of seeing Nate Gary out there. Look like a, a super villain with that visor he was wearing. I'm just – I'm so done with Nate Gary. And I am completely out and done with Nickel Roby Coleman. What a bum. What a terrible sign. He's been atrocious this year. I would much rather just see consistent play for Craven LeBlanc. He's been a much better player, much more opportunistic player. Goes out, leaves it all out on the field, creates turnovers. Nickel Roby Coleman is just like there. He's he's like a, a paper towel. He does absolutely nothing while he's out on the field. Has not contributed one bit of anything to this defense that is like, wow, Nickel Roby Coleman made a play. No, he's done nothing. He's been a waste of a roster spot. Uh, I need him gone. Like, you can trade him. You can cut him. Whatever. I would feel no feelings about it. He can be gone. Um, I'm totally done with Nicole Roby Coleman. I don't want to see him on the field anymore. And uh, Darius Slay is Darius Slay, guys. He's an absolute beast. I love Darius Slay. Um, keep balling out, brother, because you're a beast. Best part of this game, too, uh, Daniel Jones was the leading rusher <laughs> for the New York Giants. Had uh, <laughs> four carries for 92 yards. Would have been the third uh, leading rusher on the team. But he had a 80-yard run that uh, should have been for a touchdown. But he tripped over his own feet, tripped over himself, and uh, it was pure comedy. Twitter exploded. Um, I I was cackling. As soon as I saw him start to stumble, he looked like Bambi trying to walk for the first time. And as soon as I started seeing him stumble, I was like, oh, my God, he's going to fall. And I lost my mind laughing. One of the best moments of the season so far, seeing Daniel Jones going for what should have been a surefire touchdown and just stumbling down, falling to the ground, and uh, recording the longest run by a quarterback that did not result in a touchdown, I believe they said. I could be mistaken there, but I'm pretty sure it's the longest run by a quarterback that did not go for a touchdown uh, in quite some time, if not NFL history. I was I was cackling. It was just so poetic and so Daniel Jones. He's He's nothing special. He went 20 of 30 for 187 yards. And two touchdowns in this game through the interception as well. Got sacked three times for 22 yards. Lost in sack. So overall, uh, you know, 
nothing special. Daniel Jones is is not that special. Jason Garrett, man, he is not a good offensive coordinator. He's so vanilla, doesn't do anything that like su- surprises you or shocks you or anything. Um, Jason Garrett can stay in New York as long as he wants. You know, if he's gonna continue to call plays like that for the Giants, sign me up because the Eagles will feast on that all day long. Um, and you know, if the Eagles continue to get healthy, the schedule's looking nice for them. But big win that they needed to get here in this Thursday night football game. They win twenty-two twenty-one against the New York Giants. Shout out to Boston Scott, the Giant Killer. And uh, shout-out Carson Wentz, another fantastic performance. Put the team on his back when it mattered the most. And uh, now we're on to Dallas week. So, as always, guys, show brought to you by our incredible local sponsors, Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Automall, Mark Ronchetti CPA LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center, of Vineland and of course our friends at Tomahawk Shades and Manscaped. Use our promo code, same exact promo code on both sides, USP at TomahawkShades.com. It's going to get you 25% off your entire order. And at Manscaped.com, use the code USP. It's going to get you 20% off your order and free shipping. Manscaped.com. Promo code USP, free shipping, and 20% off your order. TomahawkShades.com, promo code USP, gets you 25% off your entire order. Follow us on social, Twitter and Instagram at UndergroundPHI. You can follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews. Keep them flowing. Keep them coming. The downloads have been up. Over the past month or two, shout out to you guys. That's been big time. Uh, We greatly appreciate that. Keep downloading. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Subscribe, unsubscribe, and resubscribe. Really helps the algorithm out a bit. Um, And follow the Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash undergroundsportsphi. It's where the live shows go down. It's where Stevie Schneid streams. That's where I've been streaming. And, uh... Would love, love, love if somehow by the end of the year we get to 200 followers on the Twitch channel. That'd be absolutely massive. We're at 132 right now. Um, so help us out. Twitch.tv slash Underground Sports PHI. Check out the website, undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com. And uh, wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, the TuneIn app, iHeartRadio, radio.com. Wherever you get your podcasts, we are there. And uh, we'll catch you guys Wednesday live for a bit of a spooky season show right here on Underground Sports Philadelphia. Go Birds. Eagles win 22-21. to And uh, this has been episode number 277 of Underground Sports Philadelphia. For everybody here at USP, I'm KB. We are signing off. Peace. I'm a